I want to take you back to this time last year because uh, this time last year we were about halfway through the blockade at the Ambassador Bridge. The blockade was in conjunction with the protest in Ottawa, of course, over their COVID-19 measures, lasted six days, halted an estimated nearly $4 billion in trade activity. Could it happen again? Hopefully not. There have been changes since then. Since the blockade happened, the province has passed Bill 100. This is the Keeping Ontario Open for Business Act, and it is aimed at preventing exactly what happened a year ago from happening again. So to talk about this, we're joined by Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins. I appreciate the time today. Good morning, Devin. What do you remember about this time last year? Well, <laughs> it was certainly a pretty chaotic time here on the streets uh, leading up to the Ambassador Bridge. Uh, and what had started off as a slow roll protest, meaning, you know, you had 100 or 150 vehicles moving very slowly on the roadway leading to the Ambassador Bridge, but always allowing traffic to move to and from the bridge became a sudden blockade. Uh, and the sudden blockade, of course, living in a border community like ours, where you have supply chains in the auto sector built up on both sides of the border, uh, it becomes very quickly a, a, a very problematic and costly situation. It lasted for six days. Did it feel like much longer than that? It, it felt like a whole lot longer. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the pressure is is immense. And I can tell you our largest employer being Stellantis, we make the Chrysler minivan here in the Pacifica. Uh, within 60 minutes, they had called to say, what is going on at the Ambassador Bridge? Because the whole auto industry, and the, the, they all operate on just-in-time delivery basis. Uh, and so there are trucks moving across the border 24-7 to service plants and feeder plants uh, in both uh, Michigan and in Ontario. And so that impact is felt immediately. The impact is material. Uh, and, you know, it was really the balancing act of of uh, of, of trying to understand you know, what would make these folks move on? Uh, and then the public on the other side saying, why are we letting 150 people hold our economy hostage and trying to work through the balance of uh, the problem that we saw playing out here and in Ottawa and other communities across our country? Were you concerned it was going to go longer than six days? Uh, I, you know, I never thought it would last even, you know, the week uh, that it lasted. I thought that it would be resolved much uh, more quickly. Uh, but the tenor on the ground, and I think that's the important part too, the tenor on the ground and the temperature and the language being used by some of the protesters were, were, were you know, they outright said, this is a cause we're going to die for. Uh, and so that, they hardened their position. That made police step back and, and, and make sure that, you know, everyone could go home at the end of the night and not be injured. Uh, and, and, of course, it, it led to a request for additional police resources in the city of Windsor uh, well, what we requested and what was sent here, I mean, they sent five times more officers than we requested to deal with that situation. Uh, and so ultimately it was resolved. Ultimately, no one was injured. We had a court injunction that was issued. Uh, and you saw that the, you know, Premier Ford make legislative changes uh, that I think are probably the most most important change that has happened as a result of, of uh, this blockade because the new legislation in place really ought to give any reasonable or sensible person pause to think twice about undertaking this type of behavior because the consequences are now so high. To that point, do you think it could happen again or because of that legislation? I mean, there's that, do you have that in your back pocket now? Well, we have the legislation. The injunction that was issued by Chief Justice Morowitz is, is permanent. It's in place still, so it gives police another you know, arrow in the quiver, so to speak. 
but to your to your question, could it happen again? Absolutely. Uh, there is. This is a. Uh, this is an interesting construct that we have, uh, that goes back nearly a hundred years with the Ambassador Bridge, which is the busiest border crossing between the United States and Canada, uh, and there, the, the the Ambassador Bridge is unique in that it's privately owned, uh, and it is also under the control of federal regulation. That's on one end. On the other end of the municipal roadway is the provincial highway, the 401. So you have a provincial highway that dumps trucks onto a municipal roadway leading up to a federal border crossing. <laughs> uh, and so there is there is nothing that we could do to permanently harden the existing infrastructure. It's about th- three kilometers long in each direction and multiple, multiple access points for businesses. There's still some residential homes uh, on here on Church Road leading to the Ambassador Bridge. So there's nothing we can do to permanently harden that. Uh, so could it happen again? Sure. But I think, you know, looking at it with the existing legislative tools and, and court injunctions in place, anyone contemplating that type of behavior again uh, certainly would face very, very significant consequences. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, the economic impact of all this and just how important it is uh, for trade and, and, and for a lot of different reasons. I hesitate to call it a positive, but maybe a better appreciation of just how important the bridge is one of the, uh, the outcomes of that experience. Yeah, you know, I, I think what it really does, Devin, is it, it highlights the fact that Canada is a trading nation. And the busiest border crossing with our largest trading partner in the United States, when that gets blocked, that doesn't just impact uh, families here in Windsor or Essex County. That impacts families uh, across our country, across the province of Ontario, certainly. Uh, and when the bridge is closed and they can't move goods to market, that means it's literally taking bread off the table of Ontarians and Canadian family tables. And that's where, you know, I think this one week uh, issue a year ago certainly highlighted the importance of this border crossing and making sure that it's always uh, running in a safe and efficient way. Did we learn anything from the experience? What will you, what will you take away from it moving forward? You know, I think there are probably a number of things. The biggest, uh, the biggest issue, I, I think, if we look back, is is the need for faster intervention and making sure we don't let folks uh, harden uh, on the roadway and and really, you know, set up the bouncy castles and the the hockey games and the other types of things that were going on. And, and you know, it was a tumultuous time. We were on the the tail end of a lockdown, sort of a final lockdown related to COVID. People were angry, so that was playing out. Uh, you had sort of a, an anti-government narrative playing out. Uh, there were a number of things that came together that helped fuel what happened at Ottawa, that helped fuel what happened here uh, on the roadway leading to the Ambassador Bridge. And I think, you know, we're probably, for the most part, past that really strange time in all of our lives, having lived through COVID. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think just faster action uh, and making sure we have the right resources in place here locally, like a public order unit with police uh, and some other tools that would help them uh, be able to provide a more timely response would certainly minimize the chance of this happening again. Now, Windsor Mayor Drew Jelkins, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Devin. Have a great day. You as well. That is uh, Windsor Mayor uh, Drew Dilkins. Remember talking to him about this uh, last year, a, a much uh, different conversation a year later.